Morning, y'all. Here are your morning headlines and your first alert forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Right now, we begin with breaking news. And we are continuing to follow breaking news out of downtown Charleston, where police confirm there's been a deadly shooting. Charleston police say this all happened in the area of Radcliffe and King Streets. Lauren Quinlan is live at the scene with more details. Lauren. Katie, Aisha, the shooting took place at around 11.40 p.m. last night. It said that a man was found on scene. There were multiple shots fired, and that man was suffering from trauma, but they didn't specify exactly what that trauma was. Now, officers did treat the man that was on scene until EMS arrived, but when they did, they did announce that the victim died at the scene. Now, again, it is said that there were multiple shots fired, but there haven't been any arrests made in connection with the shooting, um, but we do know this is still an ongoing investigation. Now, there are no longer officers here on the scene. They were here just minutes ago and hours ago. There were at least a dozen police cars here in this area. I know you can't see behind me. It is still dark this morning, but crime scene tape is still up. Um, but officers are saying that this area is clear and no longer a threat. I will still be here this morning to learn more information and we will keep you updated as we get that information. Reporting live in Charleston, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. Now let's get your forecast. And good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Silvine. Grab the umbrellas as you head outside this morning. You may need them this morning. You may need them at lunchtime. And some of you will need them this afternoon. Another day like yesterday. More clouds and sun. Some scattered showers and thunderstorms kind of off and on through today. A slightly drier tomorrow up to 87 degrees after 84 today. On Friday, we do expect the rain chance to go back up a little bit. So kind of back and forth with some decent rain chances for the rest of the work week. By the time we get into the weekend, a little bit more typical summertime pattern with a few afternoon storms highs in the upper 80s to around 90 degrees. Now let's get to your morning headlines. And we turn to those runoff election results here in the low country. We are closely following five races, including the race for Democratic nominee for U.S. Senate, as well as some local county council nominations. The Associated Press has called both of the statewide runoffs a contest for the GOP nomination for the state superintendent of education race and a Democratic runoff to decide who will face U.S. Senator Tim Scott. Now, in the runoff election for Republican nominee for state superintendent of education, the Associated Press is projecting Ellen Weaver as the winner of the nomination. She won more than 60% of the vote and will face Democrat Lisa Ellis in the November general election. Weaver described her landslide victory as a mandate for change. Now, she arrived to the library, uh, Liberty Tap Room in a roaring applause and told the crowd it was the parents that delivered her victory. We have seen this energy growing all over the country. Parents who feel like they haven't been heard, teachers who feel like they aren't being supported in the classroom. So this is really, I think, a wave for change in education. People understand that the status quo, the old way of doing business isn't working anymore, and they want some fresh ideas. Weaver has campaigned against COVID safety mandates, political ideologies, and campaigned for using public funds to assist school choice. In the race for Democratic nominee for U.S. Senate, the AP is projecting Crystal Matthews to beat Catherine Fleming Bruce. Matthews has more than 25,000 votes, while Bruce has just under 20,000 votes. Matthews will face Senator Tim Scott in the November election. A pair of county council seats are up as well. We start in Berkeley County, where Marshall West is projected to win the Republican nominee for County Council District 6. 
He won 1,170 votes to Robert Jeffcoat's 671. In Colleton County, Hiram E.M. Davis and Marianne Blake are vying for the county council at large seat. Davis is projected to win the Democratic nomination with 749 votes to Blake's 192. Finally, in the runoff for Democratic nominee in State House District 101, it's a tight race. Roger Kirby currently has 2,463 votes over Caesar McKnight's 2,427. Whoever wins, wins this race will not face a challenger. You can find all the results on our website at live5news.com. We continue to make updates as the official results roll in. So just look for this story. Folly Beach's city council has voted not to implement a cap on the number of short-term rentals, but they did make some adjustments to some rules. As Ray Urena reports, council's decision came down after dozens of neighbors spoke at the meeting. A capacity crowd of homeowners gathered here at City Hall yesterday for a special meeting where the council took up whether or not to implement a cap on short-term rentals on the island. Folly Beach City Council voted 5-2 to two to not implement a cap of 800 short-term rentals that are taxed as non-primary residences. Prior to their decision, over a dozen homeowners spoke before council, with some saying the short-term rentals help cover the cost of living in the city. A separate ordinance would have mandated that short-term rentals in single-family homes would have to rent for no shorter than a week. Council later amended this to say that all short-term rentals on the island must rent for at least two straight nights. That ordinance now goes to a second reading at the next council meeting in July. I would not be able to live out here and afford to be able to keep what we have going without that. Because again, as everyone has said, you basically have three good months, four good months, and we need those one and two and three nights. I mean, people cannot afford to come out here and spend a full week at a place. Now, some neighbors say they wouldn't be opposed to adding a question on the November ballot whether or not to cap short-term rentals on the island. However, the fate of that and this ordinance remains unclear. Reporting in Folly Beach, Ray Urena, Live 5 News. A 38-year-old man is facing charges in connection to a deadly nightclub shooting that left two dead in Colleton County. Sean Kelly is charged with two counts of murder in the shooting at the Hangtime nightclub June 19th. That shooting happened around 2.40 that morning, and officers responding found two victims with gunshot wounds that later died. Deputies say two additional victims arrived at the hospital with gunshot wounds that were not life-threatening. Four South Carolinians pleaded guilty to obtaining nearly $5 million in fraudulent PPP loans. Their convictions come as part of an investigation by the U.S. Fraud Enforcement Task Force. Those convicted yesterday in the U.S. District Court for South Carolina are Lori Hammond from Somerville, Catherine Needham from Manning, John Triall Wright from Holly Hill, and Christopher Conrad also from Holly Hill. They pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud and wire fraud in connection with their roles in fraudulently obtaining loans from June of 2020 through January of 2021. In total, they obtained more than $4.7 million in PPP loan funds. The defendants all face a maximum penalty of 20 years in federal prison and a fine of up to $250,000. Tonight, the Charleston County Housing and Neighborhood Revitalization Department will host a discussion with nonprofits in the community. Molly McBride is joining us live. And Molly, you spoke with the department about the reason for today's meeting. Good morning. 
Good morning. The department says that the purpose of the meeting is for nonprofits to discuss challenges they have been facing and for the county to learn how they can best support them. This meeting comes one week after the nonprofit assistance applications are reopened for Charleston County. Nonprofit organizations in Charleston County can now apply for one-time relief funding up to $50,000 through the 2021 American Rescue Act. The goal of the funding is to help organizations who provided services to people impacted by COVID-19. The county says they reopened the applications because there is still money for the nonprofits to apply for. During previous application periods, over $383,000 were handed out to 11 organizations. Now, the county says they have over $1.1 million remaining to hand out. The application deadline is one month from today, July 29th. To find out more about how to apply or how to register for today's meeting, visit live5news.com and click on this story. Reporting live in Charleston, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. As you may know, the low country suffers from every known flood risk, and with the sea level rising, these flood risks are heightened. A statewide plan previously recommended in the governor's Flood Water Commission report is getting worked on now. It was officially founded last year. Lauren Quinlan joins us live with more on what the historic Charleston Foundation is planning to do to battle the flood events. Good morning. The Historic Charleston Foundation says they've seen a dramatic increase in flood events over the last century. In 1920, there were 19 reported flood events, and as of two years ago in 2020, that number skyrocketed to 89. The statewide resilience plan will look at South Carolina's six different watersheds. That's an area or ridge of land that separates waters flowing to different rivers, basins, or seas. The plan will specifically look at identifying flood risks, impacts from flooding, and making recommendations on how to recover from these natural disasters. The National Weather Service predicts that if the number of flood events continue to grow, there could be as many as 180 flood events annually by 2045, meaning half the year the city of Charleston could potentially be underwater. Our primary concern with flooding is life safety, um, you know, protecting people and, and and ensuring that we don't have loss of life from a flooding event. But it affects, um, of course, our beautiful um, historic and cultural resources all across the low country, um, has adverse impacts on that. The overall goal of this statewide plan is to recover from these inevitable natural disasters with minimal loss of life, a smooth economy, and to protect the cultural and historical aspects of Charleston. The, historical, the historic Charleston Foundation will be hosting a virtual meeting tonight that will showcase the things that the state is working on to work on predator recovering from these flood events. For a link to that virtual meeting tonight, visit our website at live5news.com. Reporting live in Charleston, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. On this date in 1955, Bill Haley and the Comets hit number one with the song Rock Around the Clock. And a few celebrating a birthday today, actor Gary Busey is 78. Comedian Richard Lewis is 75. Actor turned politician turned radio personality Fred Grandy is 74. Actress Kimberlyn Brown, you may know her as the evil Sheila Carter on The Bold and the Beautiful. She turns 61. And actress Camila Mendez of TV's Riverdale is 28. Thanks again for joining us for Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. Produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast. 
And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.